God is good? And all the time? You can be seated. I guess happy May Day. Is that today? May Day? That's still a thing, right? All right, May Day. Well, guess what you can do on May Day, ladies? You can come to Bible study. There you go. Four o'clock today. Um, Be here for the ladies' Bible study. And then you might note that next week it is on Saturday at four o'clock. Four o'clock. So So next Sunday, if you didn't know, is Mother's Day. So uh, they will have the Bible study on Saturday next week. So, and that'll be at four o'clock here at the church as well. And uh, I think that's it for announcements. Must somebody have something they need to? Would you like to do that? There you go. Camp is coming quickly, and I know we don't have any of the younger kids <clears throat> in our church now. But if you have grandkids, neighbors, uh, anyone in the ages of 6 to 11 that you would like to invite to church camp, we will be glad to help sponsor them if they would like to go. So keep that in mind as you're out in your neighbors, neighborhoods or grandkids or anything, ages 6 to 11. It's in Topeka. It's June 10th, 10th to the 12th. 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep that in mind. And then senior camp, we do have a few here. We have some of you here for that age group. We need to know... As soon as you know whether you're going or not, so we can make transportation plans, and uh, you can invite your friends to that as well, too. Um, that's ages 13 to 20-something or another. I don't know. So um, uh, let us know about that, and if you need a paper application, I can get that to you, so just let me know. All right. And if you need those dates on the camps, it's in the bullets in there. Um, you can also get it at the Heartland website as well and they can register online if that's easier so if you need any of that information if you need any help with anything just let us know all right let's all stand we'll begin this morning with prayer um pastor's doing well um i think that went around after his surgery everything went fine and they they sent a text this morning that he's doing good they plan on being here next sunday so uh just continue to remember them in your prayers um i'm sure that they'll be happy Happy to have them. So, uh, does anybody else have a prayer request they want to make mention of? Yeah. You have a prayer request? Prayer request? You got one? Okay. So, remember Tommy? Marlon? Uh, let's remember uh, Molly's sister-in-law. I have lost loved ones that need prayers. Okay, lost loved ones. Lois? Could you just pray with me? My situation is back to survive and ask you to pray for me in the next couple of weeks. My name is Mike Price, and I have an Okay, all right. Let's remember Lois' housing situation. Remember uh, Chase? Unspoken requests? Can raise our hands. God knows our needs. Let's all pray this morning. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. Just, um, God, we want to thank you first and foremost, God, for the opportunity to be here, be gathered in your name here this morning, Lord God. God, we know that you know each and every one of these individuals. 
come up this morning receive a first Sunday offering today so this would be a pastor's offering so as you give that that's where it will go unless you mark it on an envelope or on the check differently um, but we want to continue to remember them and, and uh, hopefully we see them next week all right but uh, let's pray God we thank you Lord for this morning God for another opportunity God just to give and Lord, we just ask that you'll bless this offering, God, that you would uh, bless the pastor and his family, help them to continue to heal, recover, watch over them in health, God, mind, body, spirit, Lord. We're just praying and trusting you and, and thanking you, God, for what you've already done there and watching over him in the procedure this week, God. And uh, we just uh, pray that you'll continue to minister to them and, and through them, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.
wanting the fire of God to fall on us and wanting more of him. Those words are easy to sing. But this Bible study we've been doing the past several weeks on Elijah, she asked the question at the very beginning, are you willing to do what Elijah did to get what Elijah got? Are you willing to separate yourself from everything and everyone that you ever knew? Are you willing to become completely and solely dependent upon God? Are you willing to obey his voice when he tells you to go, even though it makes no sense where he's telling you to go? Are you willing on the top of Mount Carmel to step out and away from not only the people who are serving Baal, but the other so-called believers up there who had become apathetic and lazy in their worship of God to where it was not what God intended it to be. Are you willing to create an environment in your life for the fire of God to fall? question for me and you every day. Are we willing to create that environment in our life for the fire of God to fall, to refine us, to purify us, to empower us by his spirit? Are we willing to do what Elijah did to get what Elijah got? want more of God, if you truly want the fire of God to fall down in your life, I invite you to sing this song again with your hands lifted high if you can, saying, here I am, Lord. I don't only want to just love you and worship you, God, but I want to create that environment in my life that invites the fire of God to fall. And he'll do it because he's a God of his word. Let's 
Aaron didn't help me out. <laughs> I don't get to use this very often, so. <laughs> well, if you weren't here earlier and didn't hear, uh, Pastor had a surgery and he's doing well. Um, should be back next week. Plans on being back next week. So uh, just continue him. Remember him in your prayers. Um, and hopefully we'll see uh, him and his wife next week. So This morning we have a, a thought that we're going to present. Um, where does my help come from? So where does your help come from? Where does my help come from? You know, the moment we became a Christian, when we said no to the world, we said yes to God, all of our problems were solved. All of our questions were answered. Our troubles were over. Nothing can interfere with our joy and relationship that we have now established with Jesus. We're among the privileged people who are always happy. Right? We don't have arguments. Our children never disobey. Our days always go smoothly. So the question, where does my help come from? Well, we're a Christian. We don't need any more help. So bow your heads and we'll close. Oh, no, we know better than that. There may be some people, though, who have that impression that a Christian is, has got that lifestyle, right? That it's all perfect. Things don't go wrong. But we know that's not true. This morning we'll be looking at Psalms 121. We'll be staying in that chapter most of the time. And that chapter, as we'll look at it, can be addressed to any of us who find ourselves looking around to fix our problems, fix our troubles. It's my understanding that Psalms 120 through uh, 134 um, are called the Ascent Psalms, A-S-C-E-N-T, and they were often sung by the people who were um, making their way, walking through the mountains there, going to the different festivals and festivities around Jerusalem. And these were songs um, that they would sing. And this is one of them in chapter 121. So let's, let's begin by reading through, through this uh, chapter. I will lift mine eyes up and unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. If we look at that again, maybe with a little different wording, it says, I look up unto the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No, my strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or sleep. God's your guardian, right at your side to protect you, shielding you from sunstroke, sheltering you from moonstroke, 
God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. So God is always there. All right? He's always with us. Whether or not we even recognize it and see him, he is there. We're going to begin this morning. I'm going to read something by uh, Dr. Philip McClarkey. Um, I stumbled upon this when I was studying these. And he kind of gives three interpretations to this scripture right here. Sometimes you read something in scripture, you know, you go back and read it later, and it has kind of a different meaning to you. It hits you in a different way and, and uh, speaks to us in a different way. So I don't know if I've ever seen something presented that I'm going to give you three different interpretations right here out of the bat with the same with the same chapter. Are these all correct? I don't know, but they all lead us to the same thought. So so let's let's uh, dive in here. Bear with me while I read through this. It's a, it's a it's a handful of paragraphs. But the first interpretation when this is him speaking. When I first heard this psalm in Sunday school, I pictured mountains symbolizing the omnipotence omnipotence of God. Majestic, imposing, immovable. Mountains stand for strength and stability, dominance and power. To stand on the mountain is like standing on top of the world. To stand at the base of a mountain and look up at the summit is to, well, it's to stand in awe and wonder. Mountains are so big, and we, by comparison, are so small. So naturally, when I heard these words, I would lift my eyes to the hills. I thought of God's dominion over all creation. As far as I can remember, that's what we were taught. To lift your eyes to the hills, it is to be reassured that God is an all-powerful and in control. In the words of a song, he's got the whole world in his hands. That's why in the King James Version of the Bible, the opening words are translated like this. I will lift mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. Did you hear that? It's not a question, but a statement of fact. The second interpretation is more disturbing. It has to do with the practice of idolatry. And I first heard this expressed in a sermon in Wichita Falls, Texas. It gave me a new perspective. The preacher said that at the time this psalm was written, the kingdom of Judah had given itself to the worship of Baal, the false god of the Phoenicians and the Syrians, the one that the prophet Elijah challenged on Mount Carmel. I checked it out. Sure enough, he was right. In the words of one commentator, it says, The psalm refers to the practices associated with the prevalent idolatry of the day, and hence it wooden or stone images in the thickets, votive offerings on trees, brick altars, stones for libations, tables for feasting, broth for abominable things, Obscene practices, human sacrifices, and spiritualism. That put a new spin on things. From this perspective, the hills the psalmist was seeing must have looked less like Mount Zion and more like the hillsides outside Los Angeles where a huge block of letters spell H-O-L-L-Y-W-O-O-D, Hollywood. If so, what the psalmist is actually saying is, I lift mine eyes into the hills And I see all of the shrines, the altars, and the symbols of idolatry. And I ask myself, where does my help come from? 
The third interpretation gives us even more to think about, for it introduces the element of peril. I first went to Israel in 1988. In addition to all the biblical sites we visited, we got to see these hills for ourselves. Believe me, they're not the Alps or the Rockies or even the Ozarks. They are barren and foreboding, anything but friendly. One morning, I stood at the balcony of our hotel in Jerusalem. I looked toward Jericho and the Dead Sea. What I saw was a barren wilderness, rocks and sand and scrub brush for as far as you could see. It was hardly a place for a Sunday afternoon stroll. In biblical times, that made travel by foot not only difficult, but also dangerous. There were few paths and lots of hiding places for wild animals, would-be robbers. Do you remember the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10? Getting from one place to another was risky business. In this sense, we might see, or we might imagine the psalmist leaving Jericho for Jerusalem and looking up at the long, treacherous climb ahead of him and wondering, how in the world am I going to get, get there safely? Where does my help come from? Well, whichever interpretation you prefer, they all lead to the same question. Where does your help come from? That's the end of his reading. So in this psalm, this psalm here, we see uh, different things that can hurt the travelers on their way to, Jer- to Jerusalem. We see, uh, and we're going to break these down a little bit, but at any time, you can stumble and fall, right? We don't have mountains around here. Many of you have probably been to the mountains somewhere, seen the mountains. Um, there are some treacherous areas to walk. Um, there are some places where if you slip and stumble at the wrong, at the wrong time, you've got a long fall. You're not going to stop for a while. You can be serious, seriously injured or death. So it can be very dangerous up in these mountains. And if you haven't been in the mountains and can't relate to that, well, I'm sure all of us can relate to tripping on something, stumbling on something. Be it the step at the neighbor's house, a shoe in the garage, that mean carpet at ladies' retreat, something will get, something will get you. This list could go on and on. I know that list was kind of specific. That list was actually meant for Faye. Those are all things she has tripped on <laughs> in her life. And I've got a few more. I could go on <laughs> and on, <laughs> but we'll uh, cut a few pages of this out. But uh, we can stumble on anything. We can get tripped up. So we can all relate to that, a treacherous terrain. A number of years ago, I think four or five years ago, our family went to the Grand Canyon. There's a few trails there around that little canyon that you can go on. Um, and we went. It was a nice day. It was in March. But the week before, it had snowed. And so there was a lot of shaded areas on some of the trails that still had snow and had ice on them. And I think I thought back at that often and thought, man, we might have been not in our right mind on some of those that we went ahead and walked on in some areas. Probably not the smartest of choice. But hey, there was a lot of people out there doing it, so why not? But, uh, but you've seen some interesting things. It was slick. Even at times I've seen people sit down when they got to an icy, slick spot, and they would slide I guess it was kind of a controlled slide. Gets me to wondering about our problems maybe sometimes. Do we try to control our problems? Do we? Do I? Are we the ones controlling the problems? You move into verse 6. 
uh, of this scripture, and it talks about the sun shall not smite thee by day. So we've got to go back and think about their time there, the sun and a long day, walking through the mountains. Not an easy climb, but long exposure to the sun. They didn't have the SPF 50 to put on of the sunscreen, right? They didn't have the easy bottles of water to take with them. The sun was a big thing. It was a big problem for them traveling. And then also it talks about the moon night. Well, what's so bad about the moon night? And in, one, in some of the versions, it talks about moon stroke. Ancient writers wrote about this back in the day, about the fatigue and the anxiety, the emotional illness that they called moonstroke, that a lot of people suffered from at night. So it brought about a different uh, series of problems and dangers for them. There was all kinds of dangers that could face the travel on the way to Jerusalem to and from. There's all kinds of dangers around us today, right? We can relate. But let's focus a little bit more on these right now here in the Psalms. Saying that we will not stumble, God is our guardian. So we can conclude that Christians will never have any problems? No, we can't, we can't come to that conclusion. We talked about that. So how do we account for this passage? They were making their way to Jerusalem, the ascent Climbing, climbing to Jerusalem, surrounded by the mountains. What would a Hebrew see at the top of these mountains? We mentioned earlier when the psalm was written, the the area was full of uh, different pagan worship. Most of that religion was practiced on hilltops and in high places, is my understanding. Shrines were set up there. Trees were planted. Prostitutes, both male and female, were provided. People were lured into these shrines to do lewd things as, as what they would call worship. That would invoke the gods that they needed at that time, whatever it was. And it would protect them from the evil. Are we getting the picture? What shrines are around us today? Money, popularity, technology, just to name a few. What are the shrines in our lives? Our friends' approval, social media, what the news tells us, what society tells us. It's around us constantly at all times. Do we even look to God for help? Or only do we look to him if we've exhausted all of our own options first? The sun being a problem, we'll stop and go to the sun priest for protection from, get, get protection from the sun god. Afraid of the moon, go to the moon priestess. Worried about falling? Go to the shrine and learn the magic formula that would keep evil away. Where will my help come from? From Baal? From the sun priest? From the moon priestess? The travelers would see these things on the hills. But the scripture goes on and answers. It says, no, my help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from God. The one who made heaven. The one who made earth the very mountains that surround us. Psalms 121 actually rejects everything that is not of the true God. Help comes from the creator, not from the creation. God made the sun, the moon, the rocks. They have no spiritual power. God, the creator, has the power. Scripture tells us our God is always awake. He never sleeps. He never dozes off. It's God who is always with us. It's God who is our help. 
Of course, the Bible does not promise us that we're going to have a life free from difficulties. What it does do, though, is it promises us that God is with us in those times. He is our help. Uh, Psalms 23 and 4. It tells us, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not a very good place to be. Doesn't sound like it, right? The valley of the shadow of death. We fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. God is there. There's going to be the tough times, but God is going to be our help. Before Jesus left the earth, he spoke the following words to his disciples in Matthew 28 and 20. He said, Behold, I am always with you. He let him know he would always be there. The Lord's Prayer says, What? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Again, we're going to have difficulties, but lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. That prayer gets answered every day in our lives. Bad things are going to happen, but God can and will deliver us from them. Sometimes we hear and sometimes we see people who are having some problems. And oftentimes we see people who begin to pull away from God when they start going through them things in a very uh, time that they should be trying to draw closer to God. But here's the truth. None of the things that happen to any one of us, none of our troubles that we encounter, have any power to get between us and God. Because if we look at Romans 8, 35 through 39, it tells us, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. So what can separate us? Nothing. I think that covered it all. Nothing. But the serious mistake that we can make when trouble comes is we look somewhere else. We don't look to God. We take our eyes off God. Every step that we walk, every breath that we take, we know that we are preserved by God. He is with us. Knowing this, we should remember that the Lord will guard us from every evil. He guards our very life. He walks with us always. Scripture said he walks with us when we're coming, when we're going, sitting, standing, asleep, awake. He's with us at all times. We have to remember to call upon God. Where does our help come from? It comes from God. I'm reminded of the story of the engine that could. Right? His his, uh, famous little, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. But that's not a complete thought. That's not a complete thought for us Christians. 
shouldn't be totally accurate. Every step that we walk, every breath that we take, it's that I think I can. But is that the whole picture? I'm going to move around a little bit, Jude. Sorry. I think I can. I think I can. Why is that not complete? I think I can. I think I can. Here comes the problem. I think I can. I think I can. God, I need finances. I think I can. I think I can. We're starting to slow down. I think I can. I think I can. God, I have relationship problems. I think I can. I think I can. What am I not seeing? God, I think I can. I think I can. We're still not thinking right. God, I think I can. I think I can. God, I'm getting married in a couple months. I need a house. I can't find the right house. I think I can. I think I can. We're missing something. God, I think I can. God, are you there? Mm, We're starting to change our thought a little bit. I think I can. God, I think you can. We've slowed down. The weight of the world's getting to us. But our thoughts have started to change. God, I know you can. God, I know you're my help. We're speeding up. We're starting to think right. We're getting it straight. God, I need your help. I don't just think I can, but I can with your help, God. We're speeding up. God, I know we can. I know we can. Financial problems? What problems, God? I know we can. You got this. Help me, God. Help my relationship, God. I know we can. I know we can. Is this how we live? Have you heard of someone named Job and what he went through? He kept pressing on. I know we can. The next problem hits us. I know we can. God, we got this. God, we got this. I know we can. He lost everything. Yet he still looked to God for his help. His friends, all of his Instagram followers, all telling him he was a fool. You're crazy, Job. His own wife telling him to leave God, curse him, die. He kept going. God, I know we can. His eyes were on God. God, you got this. We don't sit down in our easy chair and put our feet up and say, God, you got this, because God's going to use us. He's going to walk through it with us. He's not going to do it for you. 
We got to keep going. God, I know we can. I know we can. I know we can. God, you are my help. Where does my help come from? My help comes from God. I can't do it. If I do it, it's going to be wrong. It's not going to work. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. But God, you've got this. You've got me, God. Whatever I'm walking through, my relationship problems, my finance problems, God, I need a job. Lord, you are there. God, I need health. God, you are there. God, I need comfort. You are there. It's not, I think I can, I think I can. But it's, I know God can, I know God can. Pretty soon we're walking around with some confidence. It's okay to have some confidence. You know, we might even strut a little bit. It's not bad for a near 50-year-old pale guy, is it? Look at that strut. Woo, I got that little strut. I got some confidence going now. Jude's back here laughing at that little pale guy walking in the strut. <laughs> But we can do this, God. We can do this. Why can I have confidence? Because of Him. I know He is my help. He is the one that's going to do it. It's not my credit. He's going to get the credit. That's how we need to live. That's how we need to walk. We're going to close this morning in just a minute. I'm going to read you a quick little story here. And it's a man who's a sole survivor of a shipwreck. He was able to make a raft from some of the ship's cargo that drifted to a deserted island. He constructed a makeshift shelter. He lived on what little food he had been able to uh, salvage from the wreckage. Time after time, though, he tried in vain to attract, attract the attention of a passing ship. Finally, one day, he saw a ship that was approaching just a little more closely. He hurriedly, hurriedly lit a fire. To his dismay, though, the ship passed and it was quickly fading from sight. As he looked back, accidentally, the flames from his signal fire had set fire to the thatched roof of his shelter. The man watched helplessly as all of his provisions burned to ashes. Everything he had was lost. He thought, I don't know how my life could last much longer. As he looked back out across the water, though, he noticed the ship. Instead of just passing by, it had now turned around. It was beginning to approach the island. To his relief, he was seen by the crew, and he was rescued. Once on board that ship, he went to the captain to express his thanks. He asked, hey, what caused you to turn around? After you had already gone by me. And the captain answered, Well, we saw the smoke that you made by setting your shelter on fire. See, the very thing that seemed to seal his doom was the means to his delivery. A lot of people view their problems like this marooned man, they see no point of, and no purpose in them. Their problems drive them to despair. They drive them to a hopelessness. Sometimes people blame God, grow bitter, because he allows the trials to come into their lives. Yet it is often these very trials that God has designed as a means for the person's salvation or growth in grace. The problems bring, the problems bring us to the end of our own resources 
And sometimes we finally call upon God for help. So where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord. As you stand and we get ready to close, if you still don't believe it, Psalms 54 and 4, Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Psalms 33 and 20, We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalms 46 and 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And there's countless other scriptures that go on. If you don't know the story of Job, read the story of Job and think about it along the lines of where does our help come from? We don't always like walking through the problems, the troubles. We hardly ever like walking through the problems and the troubles. But God is still there to deliver us. Doesn't mean we're not going to walk through it. But he's going through it with us. And pretty soon, when the bad things start coming in, and you know you got God on your side, you might keep that smile on your face sometimes. And be like, God, what are you up to? I got no money and my car just blew up. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> what are you going to do now, God? It's all his. When you start living that way, we see things in a different light. There's a different joy in our heart. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word, God. And we, we, we thank you that you are always there with us, God, and that you... Um, are walking with us, Lord, and I just help you help. I help uh, help each one of us, God, to to see and to recognize, Lord, that we um, need to call upon you, God, and uh, not take on our problems ourselves, Lord, but look to you, God, and look for your answers and listen and uh, wait when you say wait, God, and, and do what you say to do, Lord. Just uh, help us to recognize this, God, and to uh, put our focus upon you, Lord. And I pray that uh, you would um, just continue to minister to us, Lord, and help us as we walk through our challenges, Lord, and through the good times and the bad, Lord, that you are always walking there with us, God, and just help open our eyes to this. Help us to see that. Help us to change, Lord, and that we can um, go through life with the joy, God, and not only bring uh, peace to ourselves, God, but it would bring a change to those around us who see us and uh, watch us walk through these difficulties and wonder why we're so strange and so happy when things go bad, God, but that they would uh, begin to question, Lord, what do they have that I don't in their lives, God? Just help us to be the, the uh, lights that you want us to be, God, and the ministers that you want us to be. And We uh, thank you for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank <laughs> you.